Welcome to How to Be Unpopular Podcast number This is Joey. I'm a Gary. Um, I've been skating for almost 20 years and I'm uh, not very good at it. Uh, as I found out today and the other day, um, specifically aggressive skating, pretty bad at it. Uh, but I'll, I'll get better. I'll get better as I keep practicing. I've been practicing for so long, and I'm still like I t- true topsoles, and I just I can't break it down. You know, <clears throat> trying to keep it simple. Just do shit you know you can do. That was uh, that was advice from Azikui Anderson when I was at the Barn Burner um, many 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 years ago. I don't know if I told this story, but it's a podcast, so you'll hear repetition. Um, I was so nervous and I couldn't skate. I was like crippled. It was the first time like skating in the States at like a serious event and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. And Azikiwe, I hope I'm saying his name right, he's like, just do shit you know you can do. And he said something like, I, just, I love doing backsides and acid soles or something like that. He's like, that's what I do. And it was like, it was really good advice. Um, so thank you for that. Zikui, because I always, uh, I always use that advice. Anywho, as I said, been skating for 20 years, uh, not so good at it. I'm here at my new place out in Westmount, which is on the north shore of Kamloops. Um, it's, I'm going to be here for a while until probably, um, next year sometime and uh moving sucks it's such a huge adjustment especially when you're really comfortable where you were before i loved where i lived before sorry i had to move there i I loved where i lived before in pineview it was like a high up area of kamloops kind of like up more in the rolling hills and now i'm on the north fucking shore um kind of like the edge of the North Shore of Kamloops, which is like, it's five minutes to that giant skate park, and it's about 15 minutes by bike ride to that little skate park that I skate all the time, so I'm really excited about that, but it was crazy, like I had to, I was traveling for like a week or so, and then I came back and moved, and it's it's so weird when you're, I'm going to be a little bit rusty talking in this podcast, because I haven't done one of these in a while, but it's so weird when your entire life like all of your grounded things change and uh Lacey was gone too for a while so it was like anything that was comfortable in my life became really uncomfortable and not grounded but it was good from a novelty perspective it was really good because uh human beings are very good at adapting to things which I think that's a great name for a skate brand that uh that they that they used adapt is really good which I still need to try them um Hopefully sometime this year. I've heard really good things from Leon, so... But his feet are too small, I think, to try his... I would get... I don't know. I'll try them. Um, so, yeah, it's been a big hiatus, but now... Um, anytime that I'm, like, skating a lot more means that I'm settled. So I hit the park a cup. I hit the park this morning, and I think either yesterday or the day before... I can't believe a picture of a practice rail um, at the skate park 
got like 150 likes on Facebook. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's because maybe it's one of those photos that like when you see it, you really want to go skate. I think that's what it could have been. It's like the fact that there's nobody in the picture and it's a really nice day the park is empty and you can tell it's kind of early it's kind of like one of those photos that you want to place yourself into and you want to be there and i mean it's such a nice area with all the trees and everything i still like i haven't really touched that rail too much because i've been using um the big wheels so much that uh, i just the last two sessions have been on aggressive skates and they are really weird like it obviously takes that adjustment time which is like the main reason I wanted to do this podcast is uh, just my experience of like using the big wheels over the past three months or wait no way longer than that quite some time it was like it went from me having to adjust to the big wheels thinking that there was nothing to do on them to now going back to aggressive skates a little bit and being like holy shit I suck so bad uh, part of the thing was I was skating longer frames and and newer boots and just just to try I was skating like stock wheels and uh, th they felt so weird and like I, I had to um, groove the frames and so many weird like uh, habits from the big wheels made the aggressive skates feel weird and I remember so clearly from <clears throat> many years ago I would use um, my like racing skates and then go to my aggressives and they would feel really good but it was like I had a routine of using both but I sucked so bad like you know when you put your skates on and you miss a sole grind like first try but like not only do you miss, but when you miss, your balance is so uh, not in the... Because like, you can miss a soul grind and, and make it look like you're still in control. This was like... I started to have this crisis where I'm like, I'm 31 and I missed a soul grind. And like I bet like even just the way that I was skating around had this feeling of like just shitty... Uh, person but actually I got past it it's just that first like half an hour to 45 minutes and then eventually plus your standards are way higher of what you expect of yourself when you go skating I mean I laced a really nice topsail across like the whole little quarter pipe not into the other end but across the whole thing and I was still being super hard on myself and and eventually like I could hit a couple little things a, a big thing is like we're so impatient with uh, breaking in frames these days, like um, things that don't have grooves in them, you know? Uh, it It's hard to just make them work right away. Like, I remember <clears throat> breaking in skates, it would be like the third day at the courthouse or something like that, which was a famous legend, Canloops. Like, we would celebrate. I remember being with Dana and we celebrated when he finally was able to royale in the skates because it's like the frames, the groove wouldn't be deep at all and you'd have to get used to like the way the boot was and you'd have to start grinding the plastic down. You know, it would take like a few days to really 
make the skate start to break in. And even then, like, you'd have to have a relationship with it over time where it starts to feel good and you start to feel confident. And now, um, you know, we all want instant gratification from our skates. The break-in time is really important. Um, another thing... So, yeah, feeling like you suck is really important because I was thinking about it. Skating looks so easy. Like, when you watch it online, like, um, there was just, like, that Dave Lang edit was posted, and, like, to the outside eye, it's still really impressive, right? But it looks, like, really easy to pick up, but what he's doing is so crazy. I mean, not, like, the hammer things, but even just... You watch someone do a grind, and in your head, the way you think of skating, it, it, when you're thinking of it, it feels easy to just like jump up and put your feet in a position. And I'm sure to the outside eye, that's like one thing that people always, yeah, think is a mark against rollerblading, or that it, it looks easy. But they, when people actually try it, like if you haven't been skating for a couple weeks, your first like couple grinds on quarter pipes, or even just like. I guess airs can be fairly smooth, but like grinds specifically, like to lace, you know, like a like a really nice solid royale where your weight is in the perfect position, and the you were going fast up to it, and the jump didn't look like you were second guessing yourself. You know what I mean? Like there's those there's that old man style of skating where you know the person hasn't been practicing. There's like you think in your head that you're that you're good and that you can do a lot of that stuff like rollerblading is probably one of the easiest things to say like I could do that that's like I've heard that so many times people walking by like jokingly like oh I could do that and of course it looks like you can do it because it's it looks easy but it's the easiest thing to make look bad too which is so it's a it's probably one of the most exciting things for rollerblading but yeah, I had, when I was thinking of like, oh yeah, I'm going aggressive or I'm going to the skate park this weekend and <clears throat> using aggressive skates, I'll be able to kill it like so easily. But I sucked so bad. And today was kind of the same for the first half an hour, but then then it was fine. Um, one thing, uh, I was using one of the, like the an older, or the older style K2 boot. Um, and I've... The way that we do royales, like the way that my royal habits are, have changed completely. And I think we talked about this on the Frank Stoner podcast, but um, I'm used to a really uh, shallow groove, not a deep groove. And uh, like royales, I it's hard to see like a royale that actually looks like a royale these days. Um, it, a lot of the times people don't really do just like a really nice royale unless someone can prove me wrong like i don't think of royales as one of those tricks that people do a lot of the time you know you see back royales and things like that but i'm talking about like a really nice royale where you go oh shit i want to go do a royale the royale's kind of just been like reduced to you know like a warm-up or a safety grind but um i think it's also because the skates and using that old the, the, it was the K2 with like the soft backslide plate um it it was so weird to like that I thought the groove had to be deep 
to reach that soft plate, but it actually needed to be really shallow. And that's why I really like those, um, the Volo frames are so good because they're thick and the groove is really shallow. So you don't have to like grind down a huge groove and it, you can still lean your foot over. If this makes any sense at all, and I'm pretty sure Frank Stoner talked about this, but maybe I'll save this for the Frank Stoner podcast because it's, he'll do a much better job explaining it. But like my Royale habit has like turned from like a Royale was something that you worked for like I said, it, it would take days to get to the point where you could Royale in your skates comfortably. And now it's like Royale is more of like an ankly trick, if that makes any sense, where your your foot isn't actually like all the way over. Um, so, yeah, I want to hopefully get better Royale habits because one thing that I can do is I can do simple tricks, going back to the Azikui thing. So... When I do use my aggressive skates, I'm just gonna focus on, I like doing royales, front sides, back sides, soles, top soles, and then once in a while, you'll see me do like a backslide, a top acid, a fish brain, a sweat sense. I have like all of just the basic tricks. I don't have a lot of tech, and I don't have like unities or true spins or anything like that, and like every once in a while I can do outspin and inspin things, but good luck trying to get me to do like an inspin topsail. It's not going to happen. I mean, maybe I'll learn some more of that stuff, but um, so I'm going to focus on when I do aggressive skate over the next while. Um, I'm just going to focus on doing simple things, hopefully, and focus on my execution of those things. So instead of doing like a lazy royale, I want my royale to really count, you know? I want my royale to count. It's very important. What else was I going to talk about? Mm. Yeah, skating longer frames. I don't know. I don't know if it's for me. There's so many ways. Uh, I love that I've been skating for so long. Like how I talked about at the start of the Imagine Blade Chun contest. Or podcast. Contest. Imagine Blade Chun contest. Whoa, that Freudian slip sounded exciting. Yeah, like, I wanted to check out that contest, even though there is no contest for Imagine Blade Chun. By the way, Imagine Blade Chun and Flip Flops are both online now to watch. And Danny Beer um, is working on another project. And there's, like, the Shop Task Curse, where videos take longer to come out but it should be within the next six months or something like that. Another treat will most probably be coming out. Um, but yeah, as I said at the start of the Imagine Blade Chun podcast, um, sorry, I got distracted. I, w I just want to say that um, I'm not at work right now. I, got, uh, I only have to do a half day today, and it's pretty awesome. When it's a Monday and you get to go to the skate park in the morning, and then you get to come back and record a podcast, and it's summer, and you're not wearing a shirt. Um, I kind of smell, though. Definitely going to have to shower before going to work. It's just a really good feeling. So I'm back in the groove completely. <clears throat> I'm using all different kinds of inline skates. I'm podcasting. I'm settled. I'm riding my bike. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I got sick, too, for the past little while. 
Um, in case you can't tell, I'm drinking coffee if I'm talking too fast. But what I was going to say is that at the start of the Imagine Blade Chun podcast, I like to say that, well, why should you possibly listen to what I have to say? You don't have to. But I've been skating for a very long time, and I've watched every video, skated almost every skate, and tried a lot of frames, products, everything. I like to think that I know what I'm talking about. Not that my taste is the same as everybody else's, but from just like a basic loving skating experience and a big fan of skating, which is where I come from in the purest way. Uh, like a big fan of inline skates and inline skating, inline skating products and inline skating media. <clears throat> um, it's really important to try like a bunch of different frames and a bunch of different wheels, uh, liners, skates, and like experiment with it and to give it like a little bit of time to get used to it. But at the same time, if something's like not good, to not give it too much time. It's hard to know where the fine line is between uh, break-in time because I guess anybody who's been skating long enough, it shouldn't matter what the skate is for the most part, that you should, in theory, be able to skate and have fun in any kind of skate and any kind of frame and wheel. Like, even with, like, a setup that you think doesn't feel that good... It's better than not having skates at all, and, and uh, yeah, I've always found that like the best skaters could put on any skate and make it look good, make it look fun, especially it would probably only take them like an hour to get used to it if they looked rusty at first. I don't know if that's a point, but I'm trying to make some kind of a point. But like I, I hadn't tried longer frames in a really long time <laughs> and uh, I had them rockered in the middle but I just uh, I really didn't like the way that they felt I think possibly for anti-rocker longer frames might feel really good because you could just take long pushes and do lots of glides and everything if that makes any sense like long turns and everything but um, for my anti-rocker experiment I'm going to be using the blank frames which they're a little bit tall but the material is amazing, and uh, I like the concave, the concave design and the way the bolts, you can crank them super tight and they make a, a very solid sound. Um, <clears throat> one thing I was thinking about, 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 about was uh, um, stock frames and wheels and stock setups on skates. I don't know who uh, skates stock anything anymore for the most part. I think everybody, quite a few people, like even for my Sebas, I changed uh, the liners, the frame, the wheels, and the laces. Um, and then usually for skates, I'll switch the frames, the insoles, the wheels. Um, it would be cool if... if uh, that's why I put that, that status update about what are the best stock wheels you've ever skated. And a lot of people said Solomon. And it's funny because Solomon was one of those skates that you could skate right out of the box and it felt amazing. 
and I wish there were more skates available where you could get... Sorry, the chair is squeaking. I wish there were more skates available where they felt really good, like the frames and the wheels and everything just felt amazing. I think, uh, not that I, I haven't tried Volos yet, but like that's a pretty solid, I don't know about their stock wheels or bearings, but their frame, I really like, and it, and um, so that's solid. The one thing though is that I find sometimes that size nine skates come with longer frames and uh, that's, I mean, that's a matter of preference, but I wish size 9 skates came with a size small frame. I don't know what, like, the science is behind um, frame size and boot size, but, like, personally, coming from a hockey background, um, I really like short frames. Like I probably said before, I was a defenseman in hockey, so having... Um, Probably why I've, I just spent so much time spinning on the ground is uh, I kind of did that in hockey, but except I was a defenseman. So you're skating backward, or yeah, you're skating backwards as there's an offensive attack, and you need to be able to turn as quickly as possible from fakie to forwards. And as you turn from fakie to forwards, you need to be able to start striding because if you have to chase like a center or a wingman, um, so you're constantly as a defenseman, going from backwards to forwards a lot and being a really good skater is incredibly important. Um, and I specifically really used like the balls of my feet. I had a really weird uh, skating style that wasn't traditional. Um, there's one specific skater that someone would always reference. I'll have to ask my dad, and maybe I'll try and post a video of it, but he used the balls of his feet too, and I think he was a defenseman. but. When I'm on longer frames, I find that they feel like they get caught in the heel and toe area and they can feel really clunky. And that's where I said, from an anti-rocker perspective, they might work really well as like you cruise in them, if that makes any sense. Whereas I want, I love the swivel from fakie to forwards or forwards to fakie. I love being able to whoosh, just have a little bit of drift and turn air conditioners on hopefully that's not annoying but that's also from my background right so maybe if you came from a skier background short frames would feel really weird because like i said rollerblading is incredibly easy to make look bad and so me on long frames for the first half an hour 45 minutes of a session can look absolutely terrible but uh that's only because i'm used to small frames Point being, um, it's fun to <coughs> try different setups, wheel sizes, rockering options, frame lengths, uh, tightness of laces, tightness of cuffs, straps versus buckles. You know, all that stuff is, there can be little, oh, footbeds are really important, liners. There can be little adjustments that you can make and when you find your own sweet spot i mean you're only here for so long on the planet your experience of skating should be good oh and this brings me to my next thing i don't know if it's now that i'm older but i don't think it is um i've been told before from some sources i got a uh, drunk text through leon from cj that um i should skate skates with more support 
that REMs don't suit my style. And uh, I've heard it from a couple other people, actually. There's, there's some people who think that, I guess, REMs do suit my style, and some people that don't, that think that they're not supportive enough. And I have been thinking about the importance of a supportive skate, and I think it's more from uh, skating these Sebas. Um, they're really supportive in the, in the kind of like, it's not so much, it's not so much the ankle area as it is your heel being really locked in and <clears throat> kind of like, how do I explain it? Like you can get skates that you lace up and do up in, in the top part, like the cuff, the top part of the cuff area, cuff area and there's like this kind of middle area where the skate can feel really clunky and it and it feels like I guess the instep and around there that um, that's like a really important area it's gotta have something to do with like the mid ankle or I don't even know how to call I gotta I got study some biomechanics of the foot but the importance of like a power strap um, how the Sebas have a buckle on the middle of the foot, like the instep. I would say that that support for skates is more important than having a buckle. I would say like having a strap around the ankle and having a buckle, like how the how rollerblades done it, is like if I could make a skate, it would probably have that. Um, and then the skate should fit really tight in the toe area that you should, um, in my personal opinion, you shouldn't be allowed, able to uh, wiggle your toes too much, because you want the skates to feel like part of your body. Now, I'm sure some people might argue that, but I've tried a couple skates, and when they, like, skates that are too big is, it's like a plague in this, in this activity. It's like, you're, you're telling your body to have bad style, if... Uh, you wear skates that are too big. I mean, clunk, clunker, clunky, clunkerson. And uh, the importance of getting skates that fit and trying to size down and, and breaking them in, it's so important. Point. So uh, my point from there uh, would have been, yeah, power straps and ankle support, very important. I find there's some skates that, in theory, should be supportive because they look like they are, They are, but sometimes the lacing system and the straps and things, and it's just like, it, I'm sure it's from a, I always do that, that means I'm not. I'm sure a big thing for skates is that, you know, obviously uh, inline skating, there's not a lot of money in it, so uh, you're going to have to cut corners on quality sometimes, and, uh, you know, sometimes a size 9 might actually be a size 10, or a 9.5 might actually be a 9, and an 8 might fit like a 9. It's really tough to know. And that's where you should go to a professional who has tried different skates and can really talk you through it. Um... Education about skate fit is something that's really important. Um, and hopefully, 
there's a big list of projects that um, now that I'm settled, there's stuff that I'm going to be working on apart from uh, the new video, Big Wheels. There's a bunch of stuff that I'm going to be working on, and hopefully we're going to do some trick tip videos, but I mean, time-wise and schedule right now, Big Wheels is at like the top of the list. Um, and one thing I would love to do eventually, and Leon's done it too, but like, it's really important if someone wants to get into skating to like explain all the different setups available so you could start with like wheel and frame setups and how your skate should fit and it's cool because I mean if I do a video my opinion it, it can change from person to person but I hope there would be some value in me putting out 20 years of skating experience and skating great skates and awful skates and anti-rocker and flat and big wheels and speed skates like come on I have some interesting knowledge that I could share and not everyone's going to listen to a podcast and I'm sure when people like watch a video it's like when someone watches a video and, and sees us doing some weird slides wheel slides or cess slides or stuff like that and they get like a crappy pair of skates with bad frames and wheels and bearings and they're like they're anti-rocker and they're like well why can't I do some of that stuff I would love to explain like how certain setups are beneficial for certain things because you're not going to get a pair of rec skates and be able to do like a cess slide or a torque swivel or something like that and you're not going to be able to get a pair of like anti-rocker moon boots that fit super big and be able to be a ninja like Oh, come on. You're not going to be able to be a ninja in big chunky boots. You might you might be able to grind really well possibly. But even then, like I don't know, ninja's important. Speaking of ninja, Rob G's new edit, props, big props. His uh his posture on that back royal through the kink uh amazing. Another thing that I was thinking of with skates, I, this is like, Frank Stoner will probably be like the best podcast to do after this one, um, related to like how Royale habits have changed. Um, a lot of the skates that people use, ha are, there's a sole on top of a sole. So like even the carbons, it's like there's the boot and then there's a sole on top of it. Volo, there's the boot, and there's a sole on top of it. SSM, there's a boot, and there's a sole on top of it. M12, sole plates, rollerblades, sole plates. It's so weird to think about. Not only has, um, has like, Royales changed because there's more material on the side of the boot, so there can be lazier Royales. Not that Rob G's was a bad one. It was actually quite a good one. It was more modern, though, right? Because there's a, a much different stance for the Royale. That's also really interesting shit that I would love to talk about, too. Um, like, Royale technique. It would be so cool to, like, rip uh, videos, like, old-school videos, and show, like, show why Royales looked the way they did in older boots and why they look the way they do now and what skates have shallow grooves and what skates don't and... Uh, Oh, this is good. This is good that I'm talking this out. 
But, uh, shit, I got lost. What was I going to say about that? Yeah, soul grinds have changed, too. That, um, like, the idea of a textbook soul or royale or top acid, you have to look at the original, like, TRS boot design and just how, like, the idea of the heel plate didn't even exist. So when people did alley-oop soles, it was on, like, the front of their foot. And it wasn't on the heel. If you watch Hoax 2 when people were doing alley-oop soles, it's crazy the how precise things were. That um, It was really raw. Like The skates weren't designed to do a sole grind or a royale. The tricks evolved out of... <laughs> out of like a skate design that wasn't designed to grind. So it's like you really had to torque your ankle over or a sole grind. Your foot was really wrapped around like over the rail. And now it's like grinds have become more like we're sliding on top of plates that are kind of, although you can get deep grooves, um, the style's changed a lot. Like a sole grind is more upright without your foot twisted unless um my favorite is when the sole like really starts to wear around the it gets like rounded on the side of the boot and then it gets more of like that lean if that makes any sense this is all like really visual stuff that and this is how like how nerdy is this but i think it's interesting this is all stuff that i would love to highlight love to highlight in in videos as we go on and uh like how cool would it be to watch a video if you were just getting into skating and you talked about like every kind of skate or and what was good in certain skates and what was good in other skates like every skate has an advantage there's people who just love like classic usd molds because they lock so well for grinds and you know there's these things that you can highlight like the, the old k2s that once they are broken in like royals and backslides on rails just feels completely different which um when i posted that uh that fast shoes section there's that gil velasquez or gil i can't remember he does that backslide to alley-oop topsail and again frank uh commented on it like in your face and you have to watch that trick it's so sick and i can't like I can't think of any trick that has been done recently or ever that looks like that. It's so amazing. And it's like, that's specifically because of that soft backslide plate. And um, these are things that I think should be open for discussion in skating because it was, uh, there was like an Aaron Peterson, Colin Kelso argument online at CK's darker days, which I hope to get him on the podcast. I mean, we say we hope to get this person or that person. We'll just get who we can, but CK would be great. There was an argument online because uh, uh, Colin Kelso said that Aaron Peterson's backslides didn't count because they were in the old K2s, and I think that that's a really funny thing to say and that uh, instead of thinking that old-school, softer backslide plates... Uh, don't count and that there's some kind of standard for Royale and backslides now, I think it should be completely open for discussion and that there should be different options 
for setups that you should be able to get a super small close to the boot sole but you should also be able to get a super thick sole depending on what you like um and it's weird that we just uh that i'm surprised there isn't more people making i mean there is people making customs but that there isn't like There isn't like a revolution of people who skate their skates in a really weird specific style with small soles and with a soft backslide close to the boot because we've just it's weird that it's just become like a standard that skates come with the sole plate royales don't take as much effort you know, I don't know hopefully there's something there um I gotta get ready for work now. I wish I could have recorded a longer podcast, but maybe I will again. Um, thank you, and goodbye. And I'll see you again. Well, hopefully we got, uh, like I said, Frank Stoner, Mike Torres, Jeremiah Dor Dorty, and hopefully some more solo, solo casts. And some of them Some of uh, uh,